Hey, good morning, Jericho Road Church. Um, it saddens me to be able to say good morning and not see your faces, but if you're watching this, and um, I'm greatly encouraged that you guys are taking the time Sunday mornings to keep up with our Sunday worship and uh, the preaching of God's word. And, um, and I just want you to know before we kind of begin today's uh, sermon that it has not escaped the minds of Pastor Sam, Pastor Jason, or myself, that these are very challenging and, and difficult times that we're facing. And I know that for many of you, uh, work is still work. You're just having to do it at home. Um, kids don't have school. You're not used to being a homeschool parent. It just feels like you don't get a break. And, uh, and we just want you to understand that we know that these are probably some really difficult times for you and your family. Um, I think of Pastor Sam being in a house of eight people. Um, gosh, I think that that is absolutely crazy. You know, think about trying to do your work and there's like seven other people distracting you. Um, you know, or I think about who are the people that really need toilet paper? It's probably them. Um, so I'm just saying, throwing it out there, that if we are in the tithing spirit, maybe we can tithe some toilet paper. I know a family who could probably use it. Um, but here's my point here before we begin is that in this coronavirus um, season that we're in, while it's a challenging season, this is also, I think, an incredible opportunity for us to connect with family. Now, I think it's completely funny and ironic that we just finished a series called Connecting and it was just last week that Pastor Sam walked us through connecting with other people. And yet right now, many of us are locked in a house with the people that we need to connect with the most. And so it's funny because we don't plan these sermons um, like, like recently, like this sermon was planned like more than a year ago. And, uh, and so I think about what an opportunity you and I have to connect with our spouse, with our kids. You know, I'm sure there are probably conversations that husband and wife uh, need to be having, should have been having, um, and now can have. I think about children who have been wanting uh, the attention of mom and dad, and now they have it. So think about this as maybe a great time of healing, uh, building stronger relationships with one another, and just look at God. What can God do during this season for you and your family? And if you guys have any questions, concerns, you guys are scared, you guys want ideas on how to connect with God through this season, uh, I just want to encourage you to reach out to Pastor Sam, reach out to Pastor Jason, or reach out to myself. We would love to walk with our families. We are we are a ministry staff and we are here to serve you. So please don't hesitate to contact us during this season. Now, um, as we begin uh, this sermon topic here, we're, we're actually doing a uh, two-week sermon series on our vision. And you guys know that every time we start a service, we always start off with, we ask, what do we do? And you say, love God and love others. And then we say, what do we say? And you guys say, I love God and I love you. And I'm not going to make you guys do it right now only uh, because I'm in this room by myself and it's going to sound weird that no one's really uh, shouting back. Um, but there's a reason, right? There's a reason why we do this every single week. 
And that's because we don't even want to let one week go by without reminding ourselves of what is our mission, our vision, and what is our purpose for being Jericho Road Church. Okay, if something is important to you, you will set reminders. I set reminders on my phone all the time because I'm afraid that I will forget this very important thing. And I firmly believe that at the end of our lives, okay, I think God is going to question us on those two things. How well did we love him and how well did we love others? And so I think it's hugely important. And that's why we remind ourselves every single week, but once a year, and I'm pretty sure this happens once a year, um, we like to give preaching focus to our mission statement. Okay, so today I'm going to get to uh, walk us through God's word, specifically looking at how to love God. And then next week, Pastor Sam is going to walk us through loving others. So if you guys have a Bible, Go ahead and take out your Bible or if you have an electronic device, that works too. But our main text uh, for this week and next week is going to be Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39. Now, if you don't have a Bible, that's totally fine. Uh, if my technical skills are great, then it should be on your TV screen uh, or your laptop screen as I'm reading the text out. So I'm going to go ahead and just read our text for us. And it says here, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So the command here is clear, right? What's the verb to love? Now, what does that mean when we say to love? Okay, so in short, it means to cherish, to desire, uh, to prize, to treasure more than anything. And, and you can think of it like this. It means to prefer that thing over something else. So I want you to catch this idea of priority. Okay, Love means you give priority to that person or to that thing. So discussed in a previous uh, sermon, okay, we, we talked about everyone has these resources like time, money, and talents and skills. But let's just look at time and money for just a second. Do you know how you can tell what a person loves the most? It's really easy. If you follow a person's credit card and their calendar, it will reveal what that person loves the most, okay? You know, who's really good at picking up on this stuff is actually the kids. Because if you think about it, what are kids, like when they, when they ask you for something, doesn't it usually involve either something with money or something with your time, okay? And when they don't get that thing from you, don't you think that they pick up on where it is that it's going to see they know real quickly what is it that we love more so it sends them this message it sends them this message of yes i love you but i love this thing more now with that in mind look at this passage because what this passage is saying is something incredibly difficult to hear okay because this passage isn't just saying to love god and it's not just saying to love God more. 
See, what's difficult about this passage is it's saying to love God most. Okay, so the big idea is when it says here to love God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, okay, that means that you love him more than anyone and you love him more than anything. Now, I'm going to show you this other passage, the way Jesus now describes it. Now, the way Jesus, in his words, this is much, much harder to listen to. So if you have a Bible, again, this is going to be Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. And look at how the Lord Jesus uh, says it. He says, anyone who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Doesn't that hit a little different? Like, I have no doubt in my mind that there's a parent who's watching right now who couldn't possibly imagine loving someone else over their child. And I get it. I'm not a parent. Okay, I don't know what I would do, what it would be like. Okay, for me to love someone more than my child. But let me share this. When, when I was non-married, okay, and I was looking for someone to marry, and if Frances were here, she would tell you desperately looking, and she'd be right, okay? But as I was looking for someone to marry, I had already determined in my heart Okay, that I would still love God as my number one. Okay, and I put that into practice even today. So if you ask Francis, I, I, I do it with her all the time. I say, hey, honey, second to Jesus, you're my everything. So it's clear to her that she's not my number one. It's clear to her that Jesus is my number one. And God willing, when we have kids, my whole plan to talk to them, to to tell them is, hey, kids, you know, third to Jesus and second to your mom, you're my everything. So it's clear what the priority is. And it's clear to them, who does dad love more? Who does my husband love more? And hopefully that picture is crystal clear that Jesus, that God is the one that I love most. Now, I want to ask, why this command? You know, the Old Testament has 613 commandments for the Israelites, okay? And Jesus boils it down to this one thing. He says, out of all 613, there's one that is non-negotiable. This is the greatest one, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Why, why that commandment? And I think that there are several reasons, but there are two that I want to share with you today. One, I think, because the Bible teaches that God is a jealous God. Okay, so I want to show you this passage here. If you would read with me, please, to Joshua chapter 24, verses 19 through 20. Let me read it for you. It says, he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake The Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. Okay, so this is one of many passages that talks about that God is a jealous God. Now, I I know that in our culture today, jealousy has a negative connotation to it, right? Like, don't you hear people say, oh, wow, that's a jealous boyfriend. 
you know, that's a jealous girlfriend. Um, and it hits very negatively, but that's not what jealousy means. See, jealousy, like literally translated, like its definition is when something takes your place, okay? Jealousy is when something else takes your place. So kids, if you're watching, youth group, if you're watching, I'll let you guys kind of be the judge for me, okay? And let me ask you, what would you think if me and say, Susan Hagihara, her and I just thought it was okay to walk around holding hands all the time. Is that okay for us to do? No. Okay. Francis, if she loves me, she is going to be jealous because someone else has taken her place. And for the same reason, Matt, he would also be jealous because someone else has taken his place. Okay. And I can't just, what? tell Francis, hey, you know, Francis, sorry, just hand-holding just is a lot more enjoyable with Susan. I'm sorry. In the same way, I, I can't just tell God, like, I'm sorry, God, but, you know, I just can't make time for prayer or reading your word because I enjoy my Instagram and Facebook more. Okay, it's this idea of jealousy. When something else takes your place, that is not okay. Francis has every reason to be jealous and to be upset if someone else takes her place. And I think that that holds true for God too. Okay, love has to have jealousy and it's not negative, it's positive. Now, secondly, why this command? I think it's because it helps us do life better. Okay, now there's this thing called the order of loves. And it's something that uh, Augustine, or Augustine, um, we're not sure how to pronounce it, Old Church Father, okay, he came up with this idea of the order of loves. And it basically says this. It says, if you love God first, all of your other loves will be prioritized correctly. Okay, so I try to think of it like this. I try to think of it like a string. And I'm not sure if I have my string with me here, and I forgot it and I'm already filming, so there's no going back now. But I want you to imagine that there's a string that's lying straight on a table, okay? Maybe I'll use this piece of paper. And this string is lying straight on, on, the, on the table. And your goal is you want to move the string and keep it straight at the same time. Now, if I got the string from the back, from, from the rear, and I decided, to push it. I mean, not only does the string not go anywhere, but it turns into this big mess. Now, in the same way, if I got the string from the front and instead of pushing, I decided to pull it, not only does the string stay straight, but it moves forward. So just as a little illustration here is, if God is in front, everything else will follow suit. Now, there's something that I, I don't need the Bible to prove this to you, but isn't every relationship in your life eventually going to disappoint you? Are there times where your spouse disappoints you? And are there times when your children disappoint you? Or aside from relationships, aren't there times when your career disappoints you, your health disappoints, your wealth disappoints you? 
These things cannot be our number one love because they will let us down. But if God is our number one love, then there's nothing that can shake us and there's nothing that can paralyze us. You can keep moving forward. Even if there's a mess, you can still be pulled forward if God is your number one love. So why does God give us this command? Why does he tell us to, to love him with all, with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind? Okay, it's because he's a jealous God. Okay, that's his place. He deserves to be loved the most and no one else deserves to take his place. Okay, but it's also for our own benefits. We love him because it, it makes us do life. It, it helps us move forward even though things disappoint us. Now, we talk about loving God most, talking about loving God more than anything. Okay, that's the what. We know what to do, but we don't know why. Like, why love God? Okay, other than these good reasons that we just discussed, I want to give Jesus kind of the final say for why we should love him. Um, so to give you some background, there's a, a time in Jesus's ministry and in his life, okay, he gets invited over for dinner at a Pharisee's home. So think of it like he got invited for dinner at the pastor's house. Jesus shows up sits down at the table and he's having dinner with this Pharisee. Okay. Now during dinner, their dinner gets interrupted when a, a sinful woman walks in. Okay. Now we don't know why she's a sinful woman. Maybe she's a prostitute. The text doesn't tell us. We just know that it, it's obvious to everybody that she's a sinful woman. And when she comes into the room, look at what she does. Okay. She immediately starts crying at Jesus's feet, so much so that her tears are wetting Jesus's feet and they're wet enough that she can take her hair and she can wash Jesus's feet with her hair, with her tears, and she doesn't stop kissing the feet of Jesus. And the whole time this is happening, what's the Pharisee doing? He's completely judging her and he's judging Jesus while he's at it. How, how, how could Jesus dare let such a filthy woman touch him? Now, this is the parable that Jesus gives this religious person. And, and I want to share it with you. We're going to just read it straight from the text. If you can turn to Luke 7, we're going to start with verse 41. Let me read it for you. He said, Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water uh, for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown 
But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So I want you to see the question. What's the question that Jesus asked him? He said, who will love more? And it was the person who was forgiven more. See, Jesus says it plain and simple. Whoever's forgiven little loves little. So let me close with this. If you want to know why you should love God more than anyone in anything, I think you and I need to give a good, hard look to the cross. Because isn't it at the cross that you and I were showered with forgiveness, given the most forgiveness, the greatest amount of forgiveness, at the greatest cost, the greatest sacrifice? Okay, whoever's forgiven little loves little. And here's the principle, okay? To the degree that you can realize how much you've been forgiven is the same degree that you can love God. Just think about it for just a second, all right? If, if you think that you're good, you're godly, you're holy, you know, at least I'm not like her, at least I'm not like them. And if you think that there's just not much for you to be forgiven of, what kind of affection is that going to bring out of you towards God? If you don't think that, that you need Jesus, then you're probably not going to love Jesus. You're just not. But see, the more you realize the forgiveness that you were given, the more you realize the great love that you have for God. You know, I love this verse. I don't have it ready to show you, but 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. Okay, love can only come from love. And I think, and I thank God that that's the kind of God that we have. We love God because he loved us. And let me just encourage you, church. Can you prioritize God? Can you really love him most? Okay, does he deserve that in your life? Who will love him more? He who loves little is was forgiven little and he who's forgiven much loves much. Church, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, it's just, it's a little different um, trying to do a sermon here in a room all by myself in front of a camera. Lord, but I thank you so much for um, the moms and dads and kids that are that are watching on, on their TVs, Lord, or their laptops. Lord, that during this really difficult, weird season, Lord, that we are going to continue to meet together. We're going to continue to sing worship songs together, pray together, and hear your word preached together. Father, the prayer that I would have for our church is that we would be like Paul, that we would consider all things loss compared to the surpassing worth of Jesus. I pray, Father, that we would love you, not just more, that we would love you most. Lord, bring us to a place where we love you more than father, more than mother, more than son or daughter. Lord, help us to organize and prioritize our loves correctly so that the rest of our loves will be prioritized correctly. Lord, I pray for my dear friends, Lord, will you protect them, keep them safe, 
and help them to have a wonderful week, Lord. And if there's anything that we as a staff can do, Lord, I pray that we can serve them. Lord, all glory and praise and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.